الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وحده لا شريك له ولا نذير له ولا ند له ولا ضد له ولا مثل له ولا مثال له ونشهد ان سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لمسجد اسس على التقوى من اول يوم احق ان تقوم فيه فيه رجال يحبون ان يتطهروا والله يحب المطهرين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الايمان وعن عائشه رضي الله تعالى عنها قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عشر من الفطره او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين my respected elders and brothers الله تبارك وتعالى has blessed us with many many nعمات and many favors there is one hadith that Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha she explains that Hazrat Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once mentioned Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that there are ten things which are from the sunnats of all the Anbiya alayhi wasallam of the past so in other words these ten things which is mentioned in this hadith of Hazrat Aisha radiyallahu anha if a person practices on these ten things he is practicing on the sunnah of every nabi of allah taala from hazrat adam alayhi salam right until hazrat nabi akram sallallahu alayhi wasallam to practice on one sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is so great and this is these ten things are the sunnahs of all anbiya alayhi salam every nabi of allah taala practiced on it and inshallah if we also make niyat and of making amal and practicing on it allah tbaraka wa taala will give us the reward of making amal of the sunnah of all anbiya alayhi wasallam every nabi of allah taala all these ten things are very simple very easy and all of them deal with a person's personal hygiene it all deals with a person's personal hygiene very important hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha explains asharun min alfitra there are ten things which was the practice of all anbiya alayhi wasallam And she goes on to explaining the first thing that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that a person should do is qassu sharib a person should remove his mustache wa i'fa'u al-lihya and he should grow his beard 
So these are the first two things that are mentioned in this hadith. A person removes his mustache and he grows his beard. Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to emphasize this on the sahaba kiram radiallahu ta'ala anhum, that we shouldn't be keeping big bushy mustaches and removing our beards. On one occasion, there were two messengers that came from Persia. And they came to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina Sharif. And when they came to Medina Munawwara, they came in a condition where both of them had very big mustaches and their beards were completely clean shaven. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he saw them, he immediately turned his Mubarak face away from them. And he said that, who taught you all to do this, to keep big mustaches and to remove your beards? So they replied, our Rabb who is Kisra, the, the Persian emperor, he has taught us to do this. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, my Rabb who is Allah, has taught me that I must remove the mustache and I must grow the beard. So every Muslim should try and have this niyat inshallah, that he should try and keep his beard. This is a great sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhim salam. Every Nabi of Allah ta'ala practice on it and every one of us should try and make this niyat that inshallah we'll also grow our beard and keep our beard. The other day in a maktab, in a madrasa, we were busy teaching the children how to make wuzu. So all the children were busy doing the demonstration of wuzu, how the wuzu must be done. So the one youngster was there, he's a little child. So after washing the face three times, he made a khilal of the beard. Obviously the child, he got no beard. He's a small child, but he demonstrated the khilal of the beard, how the person, when he's washing his face, he'll take one handful of water and he put it through his beard, that is khilal of the beard, which is a sunnah of wuzu. So the other boys in the class started laughing because he got no beard and he's doing the khilal. So he stood up and he said, Molana, I don't have a beard now, but inshallah, when I get big, I'll keep a beard, inshallah. This is a jazbah, mashallah. This is the right jazbah that he's keeping, that although he's young, but he's got this jazbah that inshallah, one day when I grow up, I will keep my beard. That's why it's so important for us also to send our children to maktab. To send our children to the maktab to learn deen, the important aspects of deen is taught to them in a madrasa. They sit there in a madrasa, they learn the important things of deen, learn how to be guzu, learn the important aspects of deen. So this young boy, mashallah, at this age also, he's got this jazbat, and inshallah, when I get big, I'll keep a beard. One friend of mine from Johannesburg, he was studying in a madrasa in Marlboro, where Malana Yunus Daya, sahab rahmatullahi, Malana was his ustad. So he studied in a maktab, and after he left the maktab, he went into high school, when he reached the highest metric, etc. Sometimes, whatever, the youngsters, when they reach this age, they go a little bit off. They go a little bit off the path. In, in Urdu, they say, Jawani Diwani. Jawani Diwani. In Arabic, they say, Ashabab Shu'batun min al junoon. That the person, when he reaches this age, and sometimes you see him keeping like a punk hairstyle with different colors. So he had no beard on his face, and he met his Ustad. Ustad greeted him, greeted him, he told him, Muhammad, what happened to your beard? So he said, I felt ashamed in front of my Ustad. So he said, my Ustad told me one thing at that time. He told me, Muhammad, remember one thing, that if you keep your beard, every minute of the day and the night, whether you're in the masjid or whether you're sleeping, whether you're in the toilet or whether you're at work, you're getting sawab and reward for it. Every minute the malaika writing reward for you because you got this beard on your face. But remember, if you're taking it out also, you can be in a masjid also, you're getting guna for this. Allah give us a tawfiq, inshallah, that we try and keep it. It's a very great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we should have the niyat, inshallah, one day, one person was just saying, he's saying, Malana, you know, I want to keep my beard. My wife, she don't like it. For some, she doesn't want me to keep it. You carry on making your niyat. Keep your niyat right. Ask Allah. When Allah will soften her heart, inshallah, you keep the beard also. Hazrat Khaja Azizul Hassan Madzub, rahmatullahi, was a very great 
بزرگ کرده خلیفه و مولانا اشرف علی تانوی رحمت الله علی حضرت خاجه صاحب رحمت الله علی و جج جورین در تایم او در بریتیش so this was still before the partition had taken place in India when the British were still ruling in India many of the Muslim judges they would dress up in suit boots without beard etc and they would go to work but Khaja Sahib Rahmatullahi right till the end he kept his kurta his turban on his, bed, on his head and his full beard when the Viceroy of, of England came to India and all the judges were in front he stood up from his seat and he walked up to Khaja Sahib and he greeted him so all the other Muslim judges were there they asked him you left all of us you greeted him he said, this is a man of God, I can see it. I can see he is respecting his God. You all are respecting us. You all are stooges of us. You all are, not, you all are not slaves of Allah. This man you can see is a man of God. He went and greeted him. Somebody asked him one day, Khaja Sahib on the day of Qiyamah, if Allah wa ta'ala, so ask you what you brought and came. What you brought and came. What jawab, what answer you'll give. So Khaja Sahib said, he said, I'll hold my beard and I'll say to Allah, Ya Allah, I brought... I brought the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I brought this sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and came. Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq inshallah. So these are the first two things, sunnahs which was mentioned by Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala which Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned to remove the mustache, to keep the beard. The third and the fourth one, the third and the fourth sunnahs which is mentioned is, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala said, which was the sunnah of all Anbiya alayhi wa sallam is to gargle the mouth and to put water into the nose. Al-Madh-Madha wal-Istinshaq. To gargle the mouth and to put water and clean the nose. Again, yeah, this is a great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa At the time of wudu, this is a sunnah. When a person is making wudu, every time he makes wudu, he'll gargle his mouth and clean his nose. This is a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa At the time of wudu, in ghusal, this is faraz. In ghusal, it is faraz to gargle the mouth and to put water into the nostrils. Yet we look at it, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us so beautiful the detailed aspects of ta'arat, personal hygiene, cleanliness is being taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That when you're making wudu and you're gargling your mouth, the first two times you'll gargle your mouth. The third time, you'll put your head back and you'll make ghargara like that and you'll gargle it so that whatever dirt is remaining at the bottom of the throat, that is also cleaned out. Now look at the beautiful detail in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about gargling them out, cleaning ourselves. It's so beautiful. Every aspect is so excellent, explained by Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, two years ago, we were gone in Jamaat to Cape Town. So in the Shab Guzari, Mawlana Muhammad Jina Saab from Kimberley was giving the bayan. Mawlana Muhammad Jina Saab from Kimberley, Ahmed Barakatum, he was giving the bayan and he was explaining that one mas- during the COVID period, one masjid he went to, you saw on the door of the masjid, they got eight steps for washing hands. Eight steps for washing hands. So you'll wash it this way, then this way, then this way, this way, scrub it this way. So Balanasi was reading that thing on the masjid board. Eight steps for washing the hands. Balanasi, I thought for myself, to myself for a moment. I said, do you have to teach a Muslim about washing his hands? A Muslim, do you have to teach him about washing his hands? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you wash your hands. When you're making wudu, before you start your wudu, three times you're washing your hands. Three times you're washing your hands. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us when you go to the toilet, you come out of the toilet, the first thing you do is you wash your hands. A kafir hasn't even learned this as yet, that he needs to wash his hands when he comes out of the toilet. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us about washing hands. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us, before eating, wash your hands, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. Look, look at the detail here in this explanation of the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when you're eating, wash your hands, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. So beautiful, every aspect that a person needs to learn about personal hygiene, about cleanliness, Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching it to us. 
so rich our Islam is, so rich our deen is, that every aspect of our life is taught to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So here in this, the third and the fourth point, al-istinshaq wal-madhumadha, to gargle the mouth and to put water into the nose, to clean the nose. These are the third and the fourth sunnah of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And all Anbiya alayhi wa sallam. The fifth sunnah that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains is the usage of the miswak. The usage of the miswak. This was also the practice of all the Anbiya alayhi salam of the past. Hazrat Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, As-siwaku mitharatun lil-fami maradatun lil-rabbi. This miswak is such a thing, it cleans your mouth and it makes your rabbi happy. A person wants to make Allah happy. Every Muslim wants to please Allah. Every Muslim wants to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. A very easy method for us to please Allah tabarak wa ta'ala is to use the miswak. Using the miswak will make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. So beautiful it is. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that Jibreel alayhi salam, he came and he was insisting on me, insisting on me, use the miswak, use the miswak, use the miswak, so much so that I thought very soon this thing is going to become faraz on my ummat. This thing is going to become faraz on my ummat. I'm going to have to make this thing faraz on my ummat. But it is a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And any Muslim who at the time of wuzu uses the miswak and reads his salah, Allah wa ta'ala will multiply the reward of his salah by 70. Allah ta'ala will multiply the reward of his salah by 70 as compared to that person who made wuzu and never used the miswak. Now so much so the reward, you look at it, one, one reward, 70 rewards. You can imagine end of the month, we went to the boss. And he's giving us our wage packets. And he brings two packets in his hand. One is 1,000 rand, one is 70,000 rand. And he's saying, you can choose which one of the two you want to take. We'll grab the 70,000 rand. Why? Because we know the value of rands and cents. We know there's so much of value in this. We're not going to take the 1,000 rand. We're not happy with that. We're happy with the 70,000 rand. Because we know the value of rands and cents. Wallah, if we knew the value of sawab and reward, not one wuzu will ever make without using the miswag. Not one wuzu will make without using the miswak. If you know what's the value of sawab and reward. Here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying that sawab of your namaz is multiplied 70 times more. That is why every Muslim should try and keep two miswaks with him. One miswak in his pocket with him wherever he's going. So if it's a time of namaz, he can immediately take out his miswak, make wuzu and come into the masjid and read his salah. And one miswak should remain at home at the place where he makes wuzu. So he's got the miswak readily available. He can make his miswak. The sawab is just increasing and increasing and increasing. And we should remember that miswak is a sunnah not only for the men. It's sunnah for the men also. It's sunnah for the women also. It's sunnah for the children also. We should all try and see how we can practice on this great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says the very last amal, the very last amal of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before he passed away was the using of the miswak. She says that he was in marazul mot, about to pass away. And he asked the Aisha, get for me one miswak. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and I said, I managed to get one miswak from my, my brother Abdurrahman. He gave me his miswak. She said, I softened it with my teeth and I gave it to Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He made miswak. And very shortly after that, he passed away. So this was about the last amal that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made before he passed away. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha says, before, before sleeping, he'll make miswak. When he wakes up in the morning, he's making miswak. At the time of wuzu, he'll make miswak. Even before entering the house, 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would first make miswak and then enter the house. And this is all ta'aleem for us. This is all ta'aleem for us that oral hygiene, how important it is for us to keep our mouths clean, our mouths fresh. Before entering the house now, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is making miswak so that when he comes to his family, his mubarak mouth is clean. We can never imagine, we can never ever imagine that the Mubarak mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would ever have a stench or any kind of an odor. There would only be a fragrance coming out of the Mubarak mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But ta'aleem and lil ummah for us to teach us that before you go home, cleanse your mouth and go inside. So a person goes with a fresh breath into the house. Sometimes you'll find when you're having marital problems and the cases sometimes come to the Jamiat office, then one of the complaints you'll find is sometimes the women folk are writing this, tell the man he must get his breath sorted out. Tell him to get his bread sorted out. He say, half the time your mouth is smelling. So this is now Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us, make miswak before you enter the house. So beautiful all these teachings of Hazrat Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is with us. Allah give us to Hazrat Mawlana Jamshed Saab, Rahmatullah Ali, was one of the senior akabir of Raiwin Markaz, Hazrat Mawlana Jamshed Saab, Rahmatullah Ali. Mawlana says, Mawlana qualified in Jalalabad by Hazrat Ji Mawlana Masihullah sahab Rahmatullah Ali. And he says, one day I was sitting in a masjid, and I was making mutala of my kitabs, I was studying the kitabs, and while studying, he says there was a jamaat from Mewat that was there in a masjid. And he says there was one Mewati brother, one hour before Asar namaz, one hour before Asar namaz, this Mewati brother is walking up and down the masjid, he's going outside, he's coming inside, he's going upstairs, he's going downstairs. I thought, by the something, maybe he lost his wallet or his passport or something, why is he so pareshan? I asked him, Haji Sahib, okay, you need anything. See, I can't find my miswak. I'm worried. One hour left for Asr. How will read my Asr namaz without making miswak? Look, he said, that was the day I realized that this work of Dawat and Tabligh is the thing that's going to bring us close to the Sunnah. He said, this what drew me to the work of Dawat and Tabligh is this one brother, the importance of making Amal and Amal miswak so easily available. So, as I just said, we all can go buy our miswaks, get our miswaks, keep two, three miswaks at home. So we lose one, we got another one ready, and we're always using the miswak in So the fifth, this is the fifth sunnah that is mentioned in this hadith by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The sixth sunnah that is mentioned is qalmul azfar, to trim the nails, the fingernails, toenails. A person is trimming his nails, he's not keeping long, dirty nails. So this is also a sunnah Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us on a Friday before the Jummah namaz, before the Jummah salah, any time from Thursday night, from Thursday night till before the Jummah salah, it is sunnah for a person to trim his nails, fingernails, toenails. Now it's become a fashion in women, they all want to keep long, long nails. This is wrong. To keep a person's nails for more than 40 days without trimming it is guna and sin. A person becomes sinful for keeping long, long nails. So this is something we should keep in mind. And also this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that when a person trims his nails, he shouldn't take it, throw it in a bin. Or he mustn't take it, flush it down the toilet. But rather he should bury it into the ground because it's part of his body. So whether it's his hair or whether it's his nails, then it should be buried in the ground. Ulama kiram teach us sometimes a person is such that he's, he's living in a flat maybe. There's no uh, place for him to bury it over there. He should have one container at home. Everybody knows this is a container. You put all the nails, hair in it. Every now and then you get a chance, it's buried into the ground. We're making amal on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's number six. Number seven and number eight. Halqul ana To a person to remove the hair from under the arms and around the private areas. Here too also Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us once a week, once in two weeks. A person should remove the hair. He shouldn't be making, keeping long, long hair under his arms, around his private areas. Sometimes a person, if he allows 40 days to pass... And that hair isn't trimmed. Again, he'll be gunagar, he'll be sinful for this. So yeah, a Muslim, is, he's, he's taught about cleanliness, about taharat, about hygiene, that that hair, etc. is removed. Sometimes, unfortunately, you find 
When you're making ghusl of a janaza, making ghusl of a janaza, you find that sometimes Muslim brothers are not concerned about removing the hair from under the arms, etc. There's long, long hair that is there. So that all must be taught, it must be taught, it must be removed, etc. It shouldn't be kept for more than 40 days. As a result, a person will become gunihgar, a person will become sinful. That's uh, number eight. That's number eight. Number nine. The nine sunnah that is mentioned in this hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "Ghuslul barajim." That a person takes ghusl. A person has a bath and he washes his body. So his body, there's no odor that's emanating from his body. And Ya Nabi Akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to teach the Sahaba Kiram radhiyallahu that on a Friday. Originally, in the, in the initial days of Islam, it was faraz for a person to bath on a Friday. After that, it became sunnah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to teach the sahaba kiram, you're coming into the masjid on a Friday, before you come, have a bath and come. Make sure you have a bath. Sometimes there's a lot of people in a masjid. Masjid al-Nabawi ala sahibi as-salatu taslim was a simple structure with a low roof. So there are many people gathered inside. Nice if everybody baths and comes so that there's no odor in the masjid, there's no smell in the masjid. And Ya Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stress on the path, Ghaslul Barajim, the sweaty areas make sure it's washed properly under the arms, around the private areas, etc. That is washed properly, thoroughly, so a person's body is, is clean and there's no odor emanating. And the last point, the last point what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned is intiqasul ma, what we understand in our terminology is istinja, that the person when he goes to the toilet, he washes himself. With regards to the people of Quba, Allah Ta'ala praises them in the Quran Karim that these were people who were very particular about the istinja. They will make istinja with earth also, clods of earth, and they will make istinja with water also. Allah was very happy with these people. Ulama say, we too can make amal on this. Maybe we can't use clods of earth in the toilet, but toilet paper and water we both can use. We can use. We can use both and make a double full istinja with this niyat of earning the muhabbat of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Students who are going to public schools, children who are going to public schools, and there's no facility for water in the toilets. They should make arrangements of taking a bottle with them and going in the toilets so that istinja is made. It mustn't be that now... What they'll tell us, we're going to go in the toilet with a bottle of water, drinking water in the toilet or something. We don't have to feel apologetic. We don't have to feel small that what I must take this bottle of water and go in the toilet for. I'm making istinja as a sunnah of my Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. These are the ten, ten sunnahs of all the Anbiya alayhi salam of the past. If we make amal on this, inshallah, Allah will give us the sawab and the reward of making amal of the sunnahs of all the Anbiya alayhi wa sallam. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala.